Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, almost 100 movies, 100 episodes. Ooh. This is episode 100, Running with the Devil from 2019. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm the podcaster. Ooh, we should have done that. <laughs> and this is Cage Club Prime episode 100. I guess in total, episode 150. I guess awards uh, are one more. You know. so, I don't know. We're, there's a bunch of these. But we are doing this, not intentionally because it's episode 100, but we're in person, which is mm-hmm. sort of a rarity. Although I feel like mm-hmm. now that there's only a few, we should probably do these in person as yeah. often as we can to well, celebrate. Yeah, we're at the second movie of the year for Cage, and it's... September. So, like, we are squeezing them in here at the end of the year. Well, you know, I I wrote about on the episode right up for this episode that we've been celebrating the year of Keanu, but this Mm -hmm. is the autumn of Cage. That's right. Cage owns the fall. He owns the fall. I was going to call it the fall of Cage, but I don't want to have, like, wordplay, like, get your snark out of here. Yeah. But here we are, episode 100, Running with the Devil, a movie that is apparently in theaters somewhere, (laughs) and also on VOD, I think also on Apple TV. Uh, Here's what this movie is about. Oh, plot synopses. No David Lee Roth, sadly. No Van Halen at all. No Running with the Devil. Oh, no, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I didn't even pick up on that. So this is a movie in which no character has a name. Right. Everyone is just a pseudonym. Yes. It's a movie in which there are far too many credible actors who I don't know why they're in this. Yeah. It's Cage and Lawrence Fishburne and, and Le- Clifton Collins and Leslie, and Bibb. Leslie Bibb. And it's just, what is and going on? All no, these different Gary actors. Pe- uh, Barry Pepper might deserve to be here. but that's Barry Pepper. <laughs> but there's a lot of people. Oh, there's Peter Fascinelli from Can't Hardly Wait and also from Nurse Jackie. Oh like, there's a lot God. of people. That like, I recognize six or seven of these people. Lawrence Fishburne going full Cage. We will oh talk about that. God. Superfish. But this is a movie in which... Uh, Cage is a, I guess, mid-level to upper-level drug dealer, drug kingpin, yeah. lord of some kind, the underworld. There has been basically a couple flaws or weaknesses in the drug pipeline. Yes. And so Barry Pepper, who is the lord, the king, yes. Don, of this family, dispatches Cage and another person who is never even given a character. But name, as played far by as I know. Cole Hauser. So, but like he doesn't have like a, a pseudonym, right? It's just no. like. But you know, him and Adam Goldberg are in this movie. Adam Goldberg is great as. The Snitch, I think. The Snitch, and yes. they were both in Dazed and Confused. So. Ooh, all right, all and right, wasn't, all wasn't, right. Wasn't Cole Hauser also a certain villain in a certain Fast and Furious movie? If I'm not mistaken, was he the guy in Fast and Furious too, or is that the guy from Stolen that I always get him confused with? I don't know. I need to look this up. Cole Hauser, Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> yes. It's Carter Verone. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I didn't even recognize that. So this is a movie in which Cage and Cole Hauser are dispensed down to uh, Columbia mm-hmm. to tr- basically follow a shipment of cocaine yeah. up to Vancouver. Right, to see where in the chain the weak link is. And it seems like everywhere. It seems Just like about everywhere. there's everywhere. It turns out that Lawrence Fishburne is diluting stuff to make some money. It oh, turns out wait. that there are drug mules who get like busted or get you know kidnapped or mm-hmm. shot or stolen or whatever. Turns out that there are cops down in Mexico that just shoot up drug mm-hmm. drug shipments and they just take them for themselves. Like everywhere along the line, there is weakness. Yeah. And so Cage goes down there and sort of escorts these drugs and you know goes from Cartagena to Mexico to Death Valley in Utah yeah, to Canada to Canada to Seattle to backpack across to Canada. In the end, and I we will get to this in in big parts. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> pushes him off a cliff because he wants to take his chances, quote, I'm going to take my chances with the cartel. 
not a good idea. Cage plummets to his death only to somehow survive the fall. <laughs> it's not like they Most show like he miraculously. falls. Miraculously. Like they don't show him falling through branches. No. They show him landing flat on his back <laughs> yeah. in a little bit of snow. Like reaching for his cell phone. And totally then he's fine. walking around with crutches. <laughs> only to, in the end, after Lawrence Fishburne gets killed. Yes. He dies, right? Yeah, Cage kills him, burns him alive. Oh, yes, burns him alive and shoots him. Yes, yes, yes. How yeah. can I forget? Uh, Leslie Bibb shows up to Cage's place of work. Oh, yes, by the way, Cage is the cook. He is a pizzeria owner of some kind. <laughs> pizza party. Shooting a pizza. pizza uh, he, he makes a pizza. The best quote is, you guys know pizza parties are more fun than anything. <laughs> he also sponsors a youth girls That's soccer right. team and gives... Such shade to their coach. Oh, that was so great. Where she's like, you know, thank you so much for giving us a new stadium in New Jersey. He's like, the girls love it. He's like, yeah, next time get first place. It's like, what? The fuck? <laughs> what? Yeah. And so in the end, Leslie Bibb shows up to his restaurant and she basically says, you know, I realized nothing's going to change. Like, I had you all the way. You're going to keep getting away with this. And she shoots and kills Nicolas Cage to end the movie. And, and the she movie picks ends. up a bowl of shells and walks out. Yep. And that's the movie. And he's somehow in it a lot and not enough. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is for a while Lawrence Fishburne's movie, and I, yeah. I don't want to—I don't want to use the phrase "going full cage" because I feel like that's a shortcut and lazy and clickbaity. But like, yeah. that's what he's doing. He is—he's he's, in the cage party. This is a level of Fishburne that I didn't know was possible, except maybe now that I think about it, rewatching John Wick three mm. as the Bowery King, yes. he gets a little bit of this in that performance. Like if these weren't acting roles, I would be concerned about his mental health because he is going <laughs> well, crazy in these last <laughs> last few movies. Part of it could be how relaxed he might feel around Cage to try something. Well you like remember this. he was in the like, two Uncle Francis movies with that's him. That's true. You know, like they are pals or they've acted together before. I mean never quite on this level or anything like like this much together but like i think maybe he just feels like he could this is a project where he could just go for it hey if it works it works if it doesn't aside from you and me who else is really going to see this movie as of the time that i logged it on letterboxd you had already logged it but there were a total of 71 other people who had seen this oh that's more than i thought (laughs) (laughs) i guess i mean i don't know man this is Apparently, based on a true story, no, the director okay. is a so, former Navy SEAL I got was inspired in, by true events. Let me just say, I got into this with, with with roommate, where it's like, this is inspired by true events in the sense that, like, drugs are made in South America, and they get smuggled up north, like, into North America. Like, that's what this yeah. is based off of. So I saw this past weekend, I saw an experimental play with uh, my friend Bob, who is on Tub Talk. I listen to Tub Talk. We have, like, 11 episodes out. And he and I went to see this play in New York that is loosely adapted from or loosely inspired by Don DeLillo's novel White Noise. And what this play is, is a 70-minute monologue where this guy is basically just reciting lists. And it is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And I could not connect with it even a little bit. (laughs) Really? You have all the lists? I love lists. And it just, it was this, it was, it was strange, man. And Bob loved it. And I felt bad that he, the ticket was wildly expensive. And he, I only went because his girlfriend couldn't go. And I felt bad that I should have, it should have been someone else in my seat. But (laughs) I admired it. But we were talking about how, like, it's inspired by that book, I guess, kind of like, oh, yeah, I know that there's, like, you know, we're watching the Mets game. I'm inspired by this Mets game to write a story about drugs. It's just like, well, it doesn't have anything, you know what I mean? But it's just like, or it could be inspired like, by anything. Yeah, like this, or like this movie about baseball I wrote because I was at a baseball game and it gave me like, yeah, yeah. the idea of like, oh, a movie about inspired baseball. Inspired by true events. Yeah, baseball's right. a thing. <laughs> 
drug cartels are a thing. R.I.P. Sculling. <laughs> R.I.P. Sculling, indeed. More cage nexions. You know, there. I kind of want to do. I don't know which way to do. So I want to do, do cage. You want to do cage nexions first? Because I got a couple. Oh, go for it. Saturn Films. Also, Patriot Films, which is like his fourth time he's worked with them, which I oh. have never seen that title card before, <laughs> and he's done four movies it's with them. It's just like a slush fun kind of thing going on so. with that. Cage and Glasses. Cage Shaving. Cage And Cage Shaving is a big, big... And Cage Dying, but Dying Twice. I don't think he's ever died twice. Or was well, presumed so, dead and then came back. So he dies in Deadfall, and then the character comes back in, in another Arsenal, movie, but... And dies again. Yeah. Unclear. I also do want to say that because he's an Italian chef, he gave me oh, Shades yeah. of Moonstruck. Because um, right, yeah. he enters work into Italian music, and he puts on his thing, and he's like tossing the pizza around. It's kind of like Suicide Squad in that everyone has like a title card. Oh, dude. And they have a freeze Don't frame where the even. name comes up. And he tosses the pizza up and catches it on his hand. As soon as he touches his hand, goes, the cook. There's so many touches to this movie that put it over the edge for me to the point where it's incredible like it's an incredibly amazing movie as far as i'm concerned in the way that it has been put together there's like those amazing freeze frame title cards like you mentioned yes there are also like all the different location title cards like within the first like 15 minutes we're we're like spanned half the globe and i don't know if you caught this but like the movie just kind of fades in and out yeah. Hell, like uh-huh. all the fucking time. <laughs> I saw this as like we want to be like traffic. Like this is going to be yes. a global story, right? And also we want to be like Indiana Jones with a map that like shows oh, a dotted that's line what I'm going getting from to one like, place. That put me over the top when the first time the map showed up. Clifton Collins Jr. is walking like maybe five paces on the map and it vanishes, and then it comes up again. And I could, I was like, oh, thank God they're bringing the map back. And it's on a little longer every time. And then eventually, like a boat is taken, and then a plane, like. That map fucking slayed me. I am firmly of the belief that they should screen this movie in business classes because <laughs> this movie is so concerned with showing you the rising value of a kilo of mm-hmm, cocaine mm-hmm. with every hand that touches it, every bit of work that Cage has to do to keep it safe. It starts out when they pick the cocoa leaves down in Colombia or wherever. Yeah, on Clifton's they, farm. Yes, and yeah. they school-age children that the mother takes out of school to like go pick drugs. Mm-hmm. It starts out at $1,000 a kilo. And then when it gets to Canada, it's like $34,000 a kilo. And it's so concerned with proving, look at the economics of cocaine. It's like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. But I think what they were trying to do with that, and I don't think it worked, is like, here's why. Oh, very little about this movie works, but it also all works. But like, here's why the price goes up so much, right? And it's like, oh, this is going to be real interesting. Like, are they going to double it when they cut it? And like, are they going to mix it in? Like, are they going to expand it into like twice as no like basically it's just it crosses a border and it becomes ten thousand dollars more expensive to like buy this stuff or like maybe once or twice it changed hands and then it became like an extra five grand but like there was never any we find out the issue is with Lawrence Fishburne which is basically at the end of the line where so he's yeah, basically, if, if the drugs get there, so the movie also has a lot of people dying from cocaine, which is why Leslie Bibb gets involved in the first place. Yeah, and she's got a sister. crazy backstory because her sister <laughs> and her brother-in-law or whatever, parents of this young girl, like one of the very first lines in the movie is, "I can't wake them up," and her bus driver's like, "Who are you talking about?" <laughs> Cut to her parents are dead, overdosing on cocaine, just doing blow in the living room. Like, on separate... Like, I don't know. It was just weird. Yeah, on a it was school a weird night. environment. On a school night. And then Leslie Bibb shows up, and then there's other people. So, basically, if the cocaine made its way from Columbia to America, yeah. like, to Lawrence Fishburne, 
that's where it got bad. But also, like, you know, we saw in the in the opening, the truck got shot up. Like, there's problems along the way, right. but the one that is causing the death, because they're, they're cutting it with fentanyl and heroin. Which, and, yeah. Which, also, if you have fentanyl and heroin, just sell that. You cut cocaine with, like, baby powder or, like, laxative. Not that, I mean, I wouldn't know why or how or anything. But I'm just saying, like, in other movies, when you watch it, it's sure. like, that's what you cut it. Like, you cut it with lesser stuff. Like, go just go sell fentanyl if that's what you've got. I don't understand. It's a very, very weird movie. I knew that we were in for a weird movie when the song over the opening credits, which is basically a flash forward to the end of the movie, yeah. has the word motherfucker in it. Like, <laughs> just It's just straight up profane in the theme song. And I'm like... Why? What? Why? So, so what I loved at the end of this movie is you find out there's a double wraparound. Like, first you yes. get the guy... And they're both Lawrence Fishburne. And they're both Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> but first you get... You don't know it's him. And I was like, who's this guy? But you get, like, a naked Lawrence Fishburne taped up and tied who looks, who to... Who looks a, way skinnier than Lawrence Fishburne has yeah, looked in, like, 30 That's a body double, not, Yeah, right? again, not, like, an insult to Lawrence Fishburne, but he's... But like, a bigger man. Yeah, I think... And even, like, back in, like, The Matrix, he wasn't, like, thin. No. Like, this, like he was in shape then for the, for the Matrix, but, like, this is, like, a scrawny, like, yeah. has not been fed in two weeks body. Right, right. And then the next shot is, like, the journey of the drugs through the nightclub. Yes. Where it's, like, this really long... And they long, were all very elaborate... open with, like, just, here, here's yeah. the cocaine. Yeah, yeah. He's like, ooh, cocaine, let's go do cocaine. <laughs> And then it turns out like that's like his second to last scene or something. So it's like this double reversal wraparound that just blew my mind. Oh, uh, I was like, because you 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 got balls to attempt one wraparound, <laughs> as we talked about recently on the uh, Radio Flyer episode, where Hanks is just in the beginning and end, and he's telling the whole story and everything like that. So like to do a double just is like kudos. Amazing. This is also a movie in which Lawrence Fishburne watches two girls on a bed in a peep show house and jerks off to completion (laughs) on camera. And we get his vinegar strokes, and he's just like, oh, Lawrence Fishburne. So, like, they're just laying there, and, like, they're in their underwear but fully clothed, and then the the thing comes down, and he's like, no, 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 and he puts the coins in, and then it comes back up, and, like, one girl's like, barely not wearing a bra, but they're in the same pose. Like, they're just laying there, not making out, they're just laying there in bed. And he stands up and jerks off, and then we fade into another scene. This also is a movie in which he might get pegged. We're not sure, but, like, he takes the two prostitutes. No, 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 no. (laughs) He for sure does, because he says... Okay, so after he sees them at the, uh, the peep show or whatever, he then hires two prostitutes... And they show up, and they right. take off their trench coats, and right. one's wearing a strap-on. Yes. And he says, like, let's take it in the back. Like, let's go get the party started. And she says, you're going to take it in the back. And he says, and I quote, he laughs and says, right after I'm, right? <laughs> can't even say it. Right after I'm done setting that pussy on fire. Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne, what are you doing? <laughs> that shot is amazing. It's like almost half a clockwork orange shot where, like, you see his face in the front, in the oh foreground. Oh, this is And he's, mastery. like, doing all this blow. And behind him, you see all the sex antics going on over like two and a half days. Yeah, him fucking two women and in, getting in behind pe- him getting high. Yeah, and the best part about all the sex is that like they're pretty much fully clothed. Yes. like during all of the sex acts. Yeah, I feel like Lawrence Fisher was like, I will uh, say and do crazy things, but yeah. I'm not getting naked for this movie. No, I don't think that was him again on the bathroom floor when they because they also like flay a piece of his skin off and feed it to the dog. Did you catch that? I think so. At the end there, no, but that was hilarious, man. Like, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne 
Way to go in this. What I also want to say is that this is a movie in which Barry Pepper, who is the boss, that is his name. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's see if we've which missed Barry any Pepper, names. people, if you're not aware, he is the main rat brain man animal from Battlefield Earth. He's so. also Roger Maris in 61. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. With Thomas Jane as Mickey Mantle. I forgot um, that. The- so the names that we've missed so far, Leslie Bibb is the quote, agent in charge. The longest name, I think, out of everyone. Then Cage is the cook. Lawrence Fishburne is the man. Barry Pepper is the boss. And we see him, we're introduced to him as he's making creme brulee. And I'm like, is oh, this yeah. is this a restaurant-based crime syndicate? Like, what? Like, I understand that probably restaurants are kind of a front for drugs, but, like, they're both, like, into cooking. Like, it's not like they're just, like, running a restaurant, I, like, as a front. They're like, oh, no, we're, we're chefs. I thought of that, too. I was like, why is Cage the cook? I thought he was going to actually cook the, like, I thought he was the Walter White. Like, yeah, he no, was he's, the cook. But he's no. just a guy, also, with a very pregnant wife. Oh, yeah, very attractive blonde woman that finds him irresistible. Like 30 years is his junior. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Clifton yeah. Collins Jr. is the farmer. Mm-hmm, love that guy. Peter Fessinelli plays like uh, Leslie Bibb's partner. So yeah. this is the so he introduces and he's just like, so yo we got a call and like the, like this is literally his first line in the movie. And Leslie Bibb's <laughs> already like the hands are like let's keep it going. Like, come on, like what are you saying? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just started talking. <laughs> yeah. How are you exasperated already? That's her character though. Her character is like why does why is this the world is moving twice as slow as I am. Like, everyone needs to speed up. Like, this is craziness. Let's talk about, for a minute, how I thought she was a crooked cop, and then it just seems like she's a cop who plays by her own rules. So, like, I thought at the end, when she came in to talk to Cage, it was going to be like, ha, like, we did it. We sure got one over on my partner Mm -hmm. and got those drugs through. But then I thought she was going to be like, but my sister died because of it, so you're going to die. But no, none of that. It was just like... So this is what it did. This is what made no sense to me. So she is interrogating. So okay. So Peter Fassen, the no Adam Goldberg. Yeah, Adam Goldberg, the snitch. The snitch, which he gets the last title. Goldberg. Comes to Lawrence Fishburne's house because apparently the man had said, "Come over. I got girls. I got drugs. Let's have a party." Yeah. He shows up. He goes in the room. They're both dead. Yeah, yeah. One's yeah. maybe not dead, but they're basically both dead. And so Lawrence Fishburne's like, "Oh fuck, I'm bazooted." Actual word he says. <laughs> yeah. I'm late for my daughter's piano up, recital. Yeah, yeah. I need to go there. You can handle this, right? And he's like, "No, fuck <laughs> you." He does anyway. But his way of handling it is to drive these two girls in the front seat of his station wagon mm-hmm. to the police station. No, to the to, to the, the hospital. hospital. Yeah, sorry, the emergency with paramedics room. standing outside. A police car with two cops in it stationed across the street in clear visible visibility like of the window is just like putting coke on his keys and like doing lines in the open window as he props up the dead prostitute's head. Yeah. And then the, the lady cop is just like, do you see this shit? And they go over <laughs> and they arrest him. They bring him inside. And so this is where, this is where Leslie Bibb gets crazy. And so crazy oh, yeah. and like, and not like in a crazy person sense, but just like, I don't understand no, what's since, happening. Because, yeah, yeah, we'll get there. So they have this guy dead to rights. It's possession. It's drug use. It's yeah. murder or manslaughter. Right. It's intent to distribute. It's all this different stuff. And they can get everyone they need through him, too. Yes. Yeah. And so she says, all right, you're free to go. And her partner, Peter Fascinelli, is just like, wait, what? Yeah. And they go in the hallway, and she takes a phone call. Don't know who it's with. Never find out. Never find never out. Never find that out. That is a, a thread that is never It's answered. like the Judicator thing at John Wick, where it's just like the power of a phone call. I guess so. And so she gives the phone to him. They let the guy go. He comes outside, and she waves to him, and he gets in her car. I was like, oh, she's in on it. Yeah. But, like, it's also so obvious. Like, she's literally outside the police station. It wouldn't make sense for her to pick up a criminal. And I don't know why he gets in her car, because then she takes him to an empty warehouse, and strings him up, and tortures him. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. like, 
straight up Gitmo shit, like right. death metal blasting in headphones. Like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, like naked, like strung up with his arms over his head on a chain style, like left for days with, with no yeah. pot to piss in, basically. You're right, like insanity, like Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> and so she comes back, and then that's when we see his name say the snitch. And that's when we're like, oh, okay, so he's going to be the rat here. And then she just tries to, like, she has, she figures everything out. Like, she's a cop yeah. on the level of, like, Timothy Oliphant and right, right. Delroy Lindo from Gone in 60 Seconds, Too good right? for this movie. She's like, I know, I know all the players. I know where they're going to be. She's at the airport at the right time. She's just on the wrong side of the fence. The cops don't let her through for some right, reason. because they're in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Like, she knows everything everyone is doing. And she still can't stop anyone. So I guess just in the end, because she plays by her own rules, she kills Kate. Yeah, but like, it's a real, real true detective ending to the. Who does she call? We don't know. Never find out. And why does Adam Goldberg get in her car? We don't know. Never know. I, I wish I could, like, A, have answers or B, argue some kind of alternate point to this. But I am right there with you, man. And this is part of the reason why I loved it. Because I realized that, I realized, like, the scene or two later, I'm like... We never find out who's on the other end nope. of that phone, and she never pulls that phone call bullshit again. And like, we don't see her. I don't think we see her south of the border, but we see her partner try and trace Cage and all that. And like, they don't know that Cage is in league with Fishburne and all that or anything else. Like, it doesn't even seem like they're on the same page as cops. Like, they're doing their no, own but it thing. feels like if they just had like a little bit of time, they would have figured everything out. Like, they're good at yeah. their job. It's just no. If they had just done due process with Adam Goldberg's character, they could have gotten Lawrence Fishburne, and then they could have gotten Barry Pepper and a Kate. You know what I'm saying? They could. There's a chain of command. They could have followed up. Yeah for whatever reason, because of the true events that this movie's based on, this stuff actually happened, had to be in the movie. So when Cage is down in Colombia or Mexico, he speaks some of the worst oh, Spanish I've ever the... heard. Oh my god. Has he ever tried to speak a foreign... Um, maybe Captain Corelli's mandolin, He probably but... speaks a little Italian because from his family, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, yeah. But this is like... Botched, this dude. is like sixth grade broken yeah, Spanish. Yeah, and he's talking to Clifton Collins, who looks at him, and you could kind of see I, this look at his face like, Really? Like, that's... This is the take we're using? <laughs> All right. Because, like, Clifton Collins is like a... He's one of those very creepy that guys. Just like, oh. Westworld. Like, when he shows so up, it's just good. like, oh, he's scary. Like, just the way he looks... You know looks. he was in uh, that Shia War movie? Was it Man Down? When he was the yes. bum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking, yeah. Of, speaking of that guy, there is also... One leg of the trip is, like, there's that overweight cowboy guy, right? Who, like, escorts the cocaine for a while. Like, oh, not, yeah, the trucker. Yeah, it's like... Luis Guzman wasn't available, so let's Dude. get this guy. Oh my god, if Luis Guzman was in this movie, it would have broken my mind. It's just, it's it's very strange, and then he hires, he goes to a Mexican strip club, and hires a woman to be a prostitute, and she's like, beautiful, and then she's like, oh yeah, I'll call you, Like, but she seems like into him, but just because well, he gave her like, like a stack, and also gave her blow. Well, it seems like they use this guy a lot, right, and... It turns out, like, doesn't it, like, someone ends up, no, someone ends up stealing from someone else. But there's something ends up happening with this guy that they end up having to kill him, right? Like, he, sh was it him? Or no, it's the other guy that shows up at the dinner party. Okay, I remember what happens now. So this guy is, like, one of their regular runners. And he shows up at the strip club, and they're like, hey, welcome back. And he's like, yeah, I come here often, this kind of thing. Yeah. And then he hands all the kilos off to the other guy. The backpacker. The backpacker, who gets one stolen. At, and the, then, at the club. Yeah. And, then and they shows bring up in the him, and they bring house. in the guy who stole it somehow. Yeah, and they, they get killed off. Yeah. Okay, so the, okay, so the trucker guy survives. Yes. I wasn't sure. Hold on. So, okay. So, so there is <laughs> that backpack. He's walking around. <laughs> so there's a scene where the backpacker. So he's in. A, he's in another club, 
and the cocaine gets stolen. He gets he like he loses a brick. A whole the kilo, guy, yeah. The, guy, the guy's just like, fuck you, I'm leaving. And so we then see the backpacker go to the like this you know, I guess lower on the tier cartel drug lord down right, in Mexico. The next stop, right. And he is invited over for dinner and this guy goes and gets like mole sauce and uh-huh. like squirts a bunch on these guys like, hey, that's enough. Then takes a big old knife and mm-hmm. just slits the guy's throat, then uses that same knife to cut his steak and yes. eat it. And yes. I was like Whoa. And then from the room behind, Cage and Cole Hauser come out, and you see the guy who had stolen it, like, strung up and murdered. Yeah, yeah. And they have all the drugs again. Scarface style. But it's, I mean, I understand that the drug trade is, like, Dang. troubling Dang. and mm-hmm. stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Like, this is, yeah. in, like, every step is a problem. <laughs> like, there's a step where there's, like, a, there's a, there's a routine drug, uh, routine traffic stop by cops. Oh, that's my favorite. And two other guys that we don't know mm-hmm. come up and kill the cops and take their clothes and, and then... And pose as cops. And pose as cops. Stop the trucker guy. And then the trucker guy gets stopped and then Cage and Cole Hauser show up and they kill the new guys and they're like, alright, trucker, go through. It was perfect timing too. Like, they pull up and hit him with the car right when they're trying to open the door. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there aren't any weak links along the way because it's like it goes it's so funny because it like it goes by truck for wait first it goes by foot the kilos the, the coke goes by foot then it goes by a truck then it goes by a boat then it goes by a plane oh that's my favorite part so they fly it, valley they fly it no problem into america like over Cal- all over all of california so i have a crazy thing about this i want to see if it's <laughs> okay you're gonna say okay. go ahead no probably not because what i'm gonna just step off is one of my favorite moments is when cage is just camping in death valley yes. waiting and hunting animals and skinning them yeah uh, you know just like camping out there waiting for this plane to come and then a guy skydives out of the plane with the coke backpack and lands so like right next to him. i thought he was there to like have like a dead drop like he was gonna drop the bags out and they were Me gonna go get them yeah and then the guy skydives out and i'm like why? What? Why? I guess Why not land the plane? In retrospect, well, because I guess you probably can't land because then you have to have like regulation or whatever. I don't know. Not oh, that, that's going to tip them off. I don't know. Is that? But I think in retrospect, I think that guy was always the the chain in, like, he's the link in the chain there. Yeah. And so if Cage wasn't there to make sure, that guy's going to par- oh. parachute or skydive down into the into Death Valley, Death Valley somewhere else. bring it to Seattle easily enough. Got and then it. pass it off up there, and it's going to go from whoever. But then at the See, end, when it gets to Seattle, then Cage and Lawrence Fishburne just backpack it across and, you know, cross-country ski. So there's two things. Like, that's what's so weird is, like, that they didn't have people at every stop to begin with to make sure that this problem was I think there were, but they just, like, it was, like, one guy. There's just no kept getting cor- yeah. for the Okay, so three th- the second thing is we find out that none of the transportation stuff is really the problem what's really the problem is when Lawrence Fishburne gets in and starts yes. cutting it yes. because that's what's killing people yeah uh, the other thing like is it's light getting there but it's like yeah. that's the death the death is there yeah and the other thing is was it Cage's job to always backpack it over Canada and this time he just or was it Lawrence like did Cage and Lawrence Fishburne was their deal always, I don't know were they always the guys who did that so. in that link I don't think so because when Cage is with his wife and right. she's like are you going somewhere down south he's like you know, basically, you know, I can't talk about that. She's like, I, I hate it when you do that. She's not saying, are you going up north? It's yeah. like, are you going You've down gone south? gone down south before. Because the other thing is, like, you know, Adam Goldberg is set up and everything, and he's being followed, and Lawrence Fishburne, like, tries to play it off like he doesn't know that and stuff. But they ended up, Cage ends up shooting Adam Goldberg to death on the side of the road, and then they call that guy because they have a problem, and they find the tracker, and they switch cars and everything. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is Cage's job as the cook in this whole cartel i, I understand know. like it, it, it gets to him in seattle and then he gives it to lawrence fishburne but like 
I don't understand. I feel like a lot he's a dealer that supplies the dealers. Maybe he's a dealer that supplies the dealers who supply the dealers. All right. But it also feels like no, because maybe Lawrence Fishburne is just like because he's the one actually cutting it and putting the and, little baggies. Right? Yeah, so he's like the street level dealer. Right, Cage is above him and Barry Pepper's above him. Okay, I guess. All right, uh, Lawrence Fishburne then hires another prostitute that he then brings, who like kind of looks like his daughter a little bit. Uh, oh, and, like at his the real motel, life daughter? yeah, a little bit. And then they go to the motel and he tries to like he pays for the room for oh, twenty minutes. Yeah, but then is talking to like this like probably fifty or sixty year old receptionist like. Hey, a little something extra if you want to join us. She's like, I would need yeah. more than 20 minutes. She's like, I got no problem with that. It's like, what? I don't. <laughs> Again, going full fish burn. <laughs> and then that's when Leslie Bibb, you know, gets him to, to confess. And then he and Adam Goldberg in on it. I don't know what Lawrence Fishburne's end goal is, though, right? Because it's like, he mm. is, mm. he wants to take his chances with the cartel. Like, is he just trying to make a power play and he's going to take Cage's role? I think it's all sort of like, I think he's off book. I think he's just trying to stay alive. And I think part of it is, like, if there's an opportunity here to screw over anyone just to save myself, I'm going to do it, right? So the whole Adam Goldberg situation is like, I don't know anything about that, yeah. right? He's like, he's trying to always self-preservation. So the whole cage thing, when cage is hanging off the side of the mountain, he's like, hey, friend, like, help me, pull me up, buddy. He's just like, you know, I can't do that. Like, there's just not in the cars, man. Like, you know, I just feel like it was an instant decision where it's like, I'm going to uh, take my chances with the cartel. Where does it stop? Sorry, bro. <laughs> and then he basically pulls a scar on Mufasa. Over, over goes Cage, and I screamed. I was like, no, we killed him. Then we have Lawrence Fishburne taking a bath and then having like a makeover montage where he goes oh, and buys yeah. a new suit. Oh, yeah. And that's how we get back to the beginning of the movie. That re- you know what that reminded me of? What was oh uh, always uh, always be my maybe when he goes in to buy the suit and he's like that'll be like seventeen thousand dollars and he's like shit because <laughs> he wanted the one Keanu had or yeah. whatever. <laughs> then he's like you know he he thinks he's king shit and like he's smoking a cigar in the club and the bouncer mm-hmm. comes and puts it out and then brings it up to Barry Pepper's office and he's trying to smoke another cigar up there and Barry Pepper's like. <laughs> like, come on, guy! Like act the part because they know they know that he tried to kill Cage and that Cage yeah, is because Cage is still alive. Yeah, they're keeping him behind locked door, behind door number three, <sighs> behind the third curtain, Bachelor number three. Then we find out at the end that Cage is alive. That's He's, amazing. And Lawrence Fishburne's like, "I watched you die." And Cage gives that great sort of. He has a great Cage moment at the end there. By the way, throughout this entire movie, Cage is doing his, what I like to call, like, his screw face, where he's doing, like, a mean, he's trying to do, like, a mean look, almost, like, the entire time, like, something, like, something just bugs him, like, about all of this, and I feel like he's the kind of guy, like, in this world that he retired from the game, and he doesn't want to be doing this anymore. He just wants to make his pizzas. He just wants to make his pizzas, and, you know, donate to a soccer team, and just, like, be so mean to the coach. <laughs> and then he, because he has to come back into this world, he's just like, God damn it. And I think that's just like, he Ugh. just, he's, he doesn't know who he's pissed at. I don't know if he suspects Lawrence Fisher at the beginning, mm-hmm. but by the end he hates him because like, yeah. if it wasn't for him doing his bullshit, he would just be making pizzas. And also, alive at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Bibb at the end just smokes, uh, pulls out a cigarette and starts smoking in his kitchen. She says, please don't smoke in my kitchen. And then she's talking about the futility of it all. And she's like, it's like one giant self-licking ice cream cone. And I was like, I don't know what that means. So she's like basically saying, no matter what I do, no matter who I stop, no matter what efforts I make, this is never ending, right? It's like, no matter what happens, this is a problem. She shoots and kills Cage, walks out, credits start to roll. Then we have a credit scene where Clifton (gasps) Collins starts it over again. That's right, like over and over again. But like, she just said that. Why are we seeing it? She just said that. (laughs) Like, we don't need that. Because just so you know, like, killing Cage isn't going to do anything either. 
Yeah, but I think she knew that. She's just like, I. she's just basically, yeah. I need to do something. It's it's the movie trying to be like, you know, try, try to make its point one more time at the end there, trying to be prolific. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we get it. We know. So Cage, he pulls off the, the, the hood and he's standing there and Lawrence Fishburne thought he was dead. He goes, he Cage goes to Lawrence Fishburne, you gambled and lost. <laughs> I love you it. gambled and lost. Uh, and crutches cage is amazing because he's clearly just like he's not acting in his crutches. He's just like walking in. You know, I don't yes. think he really practiced with no, the no, crutches. No, 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 no. It would have been better if they just gave him like a fake cast or something like I don't know, or, or broke his arm, you know, instead of his legs or something. Or just put him in a wheelchair. Oh my god, it's incredible how little damage he sustained falling off a cliff. Like freaking what's his name, Brixton from. From Hobbs and Shaw, like, yeah. he would have died from that fall. Like, it's insane. I took so many notes, and I think I went through all of them. Is there anything else yeah. that we did not talk about that you want to make sure you cover? I'm going to look at one other thing Pizza that I wrote down. Party. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious how many locations we visited and were expected to keep track of so early in the movie, where it's like, now we're in Vancouver, now we're in Seattle, now we're in Columbia, now we're over here now, we're over here now. All that is is just like the movie is like, look how important it is. Look, look how important the story oh. that we're telling is. Look how <laughs> globe-spanning it is. I had two two notes. Um, do you think? I wondered if those were Adam Goldberg's real tattoos because I just didn't feel like the production. A, I didn't feel like the production had enough money and time to yeah, cover them. And yep. B, I figured it. You know, he was exposing them because it was finally a moment where like he could wear them on a on a movie. You know, like yes. oh, I could show them in a movie. The other thing is, at one point, Lawrence Fishburne—he <laughs> like comes out of a bodega, pissed off and like scratching, losing lottery tickets and stuff. And I'm like, you just gave your ex-wife like thousands of dollars in hundred-dollar bills. Like, why are you like sweating over like a scratch-off? I don't know, man. Like, and and then this guy walks around the corner like, you owe me, man. And he's like, hey, I got this for you. And he gives him some coke and stuff. But like. You're loaded. Well, what this movie teaches you is that if you ever owe somebody money, just give them cocaine cut with fentanyl and heroin, and then they'll die, and you suddenly <laughs> won't owe them any money. Oh, there's that great shot where Leslie Bibb like, looks down an alleyway, and there's like three of the cleanest dead homeless just bones sitting next just to each sitting other, there. upright <laughs> against the wall. <laughs> like they were frozen at, in like the wintertime. <laughs> it's wonderful. It is uh, truly a special movie. I mean, look, this is no score to settle. Like, that... No, that's the thing. So, like, this I did not give a score to on Letterboxd because a score to settle is, like... That's a miracle. That's a miracle movie. <laughs> that's a miracle movie. <laughs> this is not a miracle movie. This is just, like, an insane movie that I just gave this the little heart. But and it's I still... It's, it's not, like, it's 211. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, no, 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 no. That's I the enjoy thing. this like, movie. Yeah. Like, I think this is... I that's think what this I is, find amazing. Like, I think score to settle is... It's special. It's a, it's a bad movie, but no, it's but it's not, special. It's, it's special. This is just a bad movie that could like it. A, it's got a lot bonkers of the, things. Going a lot on. of the reviews on Letterboxd are like, "This is frustrating. I wish that this was this. I wish that it was that." <laughs> like it's like they got the potential, and I'm just like, all the you things know I love about it. You gotta know what you're dealing with here. Like it's not gonna be good. The fact is, like, how do they all? Like, why are they all here? I just don't. <laughs> I don't understand it. There's there's more like I don't want to say there's like merit to this more than like something like two eleven, but there's definitely levels. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's three scores when dealing with the VOD. Three scores to settle. 
there there's the bottom which is like the 211 and, and stuff, arsenal, and stuff arsenal yeah. where it's just like this is just bad and it's just bad and there's really nothing like to redeem here i'm gonna say there's four tiers but go okay ahead. the second one is something like this where yep. it's like ex- acceptable right oh you're right there are four and there's like looking like looking glass is another one of those but i think looking glass is sort of this one and the thing of the one above where it's just like this is not good but like it's fun yeah then there's the hungry rabbit jumps where there's a oh. like genuinely good video on demand oh i was ones. saying that was the top tier oh no that is i'm just saying there's four that is the okay, top yes, tier. Yes. But the other one I was talking about are these madness, like, a score to settle is like best of the worst, like, balls to the walls. Like, how did this even happen? Like, yeah, in terms of going from like watchability, like, the worst is like 211, just like nothing is working here. Yeah. Then there's the one that's like this, where it's like there's some fun stuff, but it just doesn't work. It's not bad per se, it's just not working. Then above that is a score to settle. It's maybe looking glass. It's the one that's just like, this isn't good, but they are swinging for the fences, and they they are they are missing every every pitch it, here. It's when it's I'd say it's when someone else in the movie is going full cage and taking it almost yes. like taking it away from yes. him at times. And there's yes. like this battle. And I forgot Nicole Kidman was in Looking Glass too. Holy no, shit. no, no, that's not Looking Glass. That you're talking about. Um, oh God, what's it called? Oh, you're right, not Looking Glass. That's the one with the motel. I'm Looking Glass is the one with the, the motel with the diamonds. Oh God, what's that movie called? All you have to do is open that door right there, and you'll see every cage movie. I don't don't want to look trespass. it up. Trespass. Trespass. <laughs> yes, trespass. I got that confused. But. You did it! You cracked the code! <laughs> the money's in the walls. Yeah, but then there's the top tier, which is the Stolen, which is Seeking yeah. Justice, which yes. is, like, oh, this yes. is actually, like, a, a good movie that could be in right. theaters and just wasn't in theaters for some reason. Oh, the one, uh, OBL, where he goes after Osama. Yeah, oh, yeah, Army yeah, of One. Yeah, Army yep, of mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah, there's the four tiers, and, you know, as long as it's not in the bottom one, I'm fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me too. This, I might I might have been a little overzealous watching it this time, but I was in a good mood and I was very excited. Anytime there's new cage now, I get very excited. My and, yeah, uh, my concern not concern, but when you were like, <laughs> so you gave it five stars on Letterboxd, you were like, <laughs> you were like, all I gotta say is that I'm happy, and I was just like, huh. And then I was watching, I was like, I'm having a good time, but I also like there were a couple times where I was like, I gotta be like halfway through, and I was like twenty minutes in, I was like, what is <laughs> what is happening? There's an hour twenty left, yeah. and then again I was just like. Oh, I gotta have like there's gotta be like the last half hour. It's like halfway through. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, like what is happening? But anyway, when you said tonight that it's not a score to settle, like that's all that I need. Like you know, like yeah. I mean, we're we're pretty much in sync with a lot of these cage movies where it's like we know what's good, we know what's bad, we know what's fun. And as long as you weren't like this is as good as a score to settle, because like that is no, truly I'm aware what is happening in that movie. Yeah, I can't believe I figured that one out. I'm almost a little sad that I didn't get the full reveal of a score to settle, but I still think back on that, and it's it, it's it's in a different class for sure. <laughs> Anything else to say about this before you know we're going to be back in probably three weeks of, yeah. for Kill Chain? I know Kill Chain, maybe Color Out of Space later this year. Maybe. I hope so. That's getting rave reviews at a Fantastic Fest. Oh, there was one point where they did a split-screen map. Was it Cage's face on one side of the screen and then the map on the other side? Or it might have been Fishburne. I'm not sure exactly who, but I thought that was pretty funny. The not that junkie. You know how, like, when you watch Sin City, you're like, Tarantino directed one of these scenes. Which scene did he direct? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's clearly the scene they didn't direct by Tarantino. Brian De Palma directed one of these scenes. Which one is it? Oh, it's the one with the split-screen craziness happening on both sides. I think I'm kind of uh, exhausted here for Scordisettos. I just, I love that... Uh, you know, I, I had a I had this weird feeling. I was like, when Cage died, I didn't necessarily think he was alive, but I didn't feel like he was totally out of the movie. Like maybe, yeah, he, I feel like you in know? modern day you can't you can't just kill him because. But it, it was it kind of made sense in the moment where I was like, oh, I expect this movie to just kill him off here. Because also he's top billed, but it's not his movie. It's Lawrence Fishburne's it's movie. Fish's movie, yeah, Fish. 
and if it isn't, he steals it away for sure. But no, man, this is just another. Again, yeah, I, I I know what I saw. Like I have no, I'm casting no illusions as to its greatness or anything. I was just, you know, very satisfied again. So according to IMDb, we have Color Out Space. Obviously, right now it's 2019, but that's because it's in, in festivals. Mm-hmm. Maybe it comes out. Maybe it doesn't come out. We got Kill Chain that we know is coming out in October, October 15th or something, and then also slated for this year. November 8th, Primal. Yes, finally. Which is him on the boat with all the animals. Nice. And that, a long, that, long time there's ago. there's going to be like a roar sort of feel to that one. A long, long time ago, one of the actors in that movie, Tommy Walker, oh, said right. he would act, he would he would do the podcast with us. I don't know if that's still going to happen because he's in a couple of the movies. Oh, so in that movie, oh my God, in Primal, there's Uh-oh. Nicolas Cage, there's Stan Key Jansen, <gasps> there's Kevin Durand, a.k.a. <gasps> Kimi from Lost, and there's Michael Imperioli from oh, The Sopranos. Oh my God. What the fuck? I don't know, man. It's going to be good. And then Christopher. Christopher. Dude, Christopher and Cage in the same movie? Kill Chain is Nicolas Cage. Oh, this is going to be great. Enrico Colatoni, which is Veronica Mars's dad. Ryan Quantin, who's one of the stars of True Blood. And Annabelle Acosta, who is, I guess, one of the stars of Quantico and Ballers. So. When does the um, the fight movie with, uh, Gr- with uh, Gorillo come out? What's that one? I... Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's not filming. dated. So we have 2019 Primal, 2020 Prisoners of the Ghost Line and the Croods 2, then in production, Kill Chain, even though we know that's coming out, Siberia, Jiu-Jitsu, and Grand Isle. I love Isle. that he's got a movie called Siberia coming out. And then 10 Double Zero is in development. Uh-oh, 10 Double Zero, getting a 211 vibe from that title. But, okay, I'm glad. As long as we get one or two more this year, I'll be very happy. <laughs> as long as the guy puts out four <laughs> movies in a year, I'm happy. Well, I mean, you know... I, he did eight last year, I know. Yeah, I know. we're very spoiled, but I'm also very, like, jaded at this moment. I need some cage from my veins. I think this is, like, his 90 maybe movie it's it's somewhere in there you gotta do a new count yeah oh and we should mention as the the as the, the time of this recording tomorrow score to sell will be out on blu-ray yes it's gonna be at my house tomorrow so i'm gonna i'm hoping to put this out tomorrow okay so i think today as you're listening to this well actually whenever you listen to this score to settle is out on blu-ray because i'm yeah. not editing this tonight so tomorrow go just go buy out. a score to settle uh, my favorite part about that movie is that I f- forgot that I paid for an Amazon rewards point, so I paid zero dollars. <laughs> I think for it, I did too, and it's on the way to <laughs> my house right now. But yeah, I think that's all we got. Any again, no. I said before, but any other thoughts about this, or are we good to? Yeah, I think we're good to go. You know, no guest again on this episode, so uh, it might be a little bit shorter and stuff, which is fine. I, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to like subject anybody to this because that's the contrary. Like, I absolutely want people like the object is to get more people to watch these movies and stuff but it's just tougher to get guests these days for cage club because and these also, movies I, are not known whatsoever also i don't really care well it's a lot of fun just you know taking it back to basics with you and doing it yeah. like it all started and there's a certain energy to just uh, just these solo bolos doing it to just us so we also tonight recorded an episode of keanu club about between two ferns the movie so go check out that movie if you like keanu reeves or just like comedy and we also, every Friday, do the Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks podcast, the Tom Toms, Cruise Club, and Hanks for the Memories. Go check those out every Friday. We are in the midst of great Tom Cruise movies, yes. and we are about to turn the corner on great Tom Hanks movies. That's right. We uh, unless you tonight. consider, like, me, Bonfire of the Vanities was the start of the greatness of what is Tom Hanks movies. We just recorded a radio flyer, need I remind you. It, oh, right. We, we, we did a little bump in the Combo road. breaker. Coca combo, <laughs> combo breaker. Combo breaker. Nice. But for all things Cage Club Prime and Cage Club Revisited, we did 50 director's commentaries, which are varying quality, I will just say that right now. <laughs> you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, mailbag at cageclub.me. 
Come back in probably three weeks for Kill Chain. Check out all 100 episodes of this, you know, all 25 shows on the network. Lots of fun, free things for you to listen to wherever you get podcasts. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time right here on Cage Club. <laughs>